Welcome to the Rock Church Audio Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today. Rock Church is located on Harrison Avenue between Mulford and Perryville Roads in Rockford, Illinois. Now let's join Pastor Jared with today's message. Joshua chapter 24 this morning, and originally had planned on starting in verse 1, but there's some things that we are uh, not going to skip, go through, but uh, we're going to end up in verse 14 and then verse 16, because I really want to just kind of um, emphasize one point, but let me give you some context. Um, Joshua chapter 24 is... um, kind of a a, a concluding moment in an extraordinary life. Um, Joshua is, for me personally, one of my favorite biblical characters. We we see um, just some incredible things that define his life. And, 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 And from beginning to end, from start to finish, we see Joshua as an individual who did not just survive in the moment, but rather he thrived. And there are many things that, that, that he um, spoke to the people that encourage us yet today. Because, you know, Joshua is, is the guy that says, you know, be strong and courageous. You know, he's this, this exhorter who is able to, to, to lead people into, into victory and in, into the promises of God. And he's, he's also the, the, the one who just said, you know what, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. You know, and some of you have got that up on the wall in your house, and Joshua is, is that person. And I, I, I love the faith of Joshua because we see it from the very beginning, you know, when he goes in as a spy to check out the promised land, and, and the ten other spies are just overcome with fear, and Joshua and Caleb are overcome with faith, and they give that report, and because of that faith, uh, they wander in the wilderness, but they don't perish in the wilderness, but they get to enter into the promised land. And then we, and then we see Joshua um, later in life. In fact, he's probably somewhere between the age of 75 and 80, maybe 85, still fighting, still conquering, still leading. And I love his example because it's inspirational. But as we come to Chapter 24 of the book of Joshua, we we see a life that is beginning to come to conclusion. He is preparing the nation for transition. There will be a new leader at some point. He's he's, he's becoming extended in age and just is not going to be called upon to the level that he had been. And we see that he facilitates that transitional process by doing something that he had done for the whole extent of his life. He calls the people to covenant renewal. It's the way that he launched his ministry. Earlier on in Joshua chapter 8, we see in a place called Shiloh, Joshua being set aside. A sacred assembly was called. There was a call to covenant renewal and relationship with the Lord, and that started his days as leader. 
And now as he begins to conclude those days, he's doing the very same thing. He's drawing attention to the need to renew covenant before God. And that reminds us that in life, there comes a time of renewal. And I want to talk to you just about kind of one aspect of that today because through that 24th chapter there, there are several things that pop up. Number one, he, he reminds us there's a time to, to be assembled together. That's how verse 1 starts. He calls all the leaders, all the people. It places this, this emphasis on the necessity of God's people being together as one because that is a place and a time and a context where a covenant is established. It reminds us that God doesn't just see us as individuals, but he sees us as a people. You know, that's significant, I think, for us in our day because you know, so much is individualistic in its, in its presentation and what it speaks to us. And um, Joshua, as he works to renew covenant amongst the people, reminds them that, that you don't stand alone, but you stand together. And uh, Joshua understood the, the importance of affirming this and, and how God relates to us. Let me just take a, a moment to maybe unpack one little thing related to that because this is um, something that stands in such stark contrast to our society that, I, that, that, that as the people of God, we need to understand the transformational nature of community because God has not called us to stand alone. You know, we talk so much about having a, a personal relationship with Jesus, and we do, and we should. But that, that personal relationship is to be dropped into the context of a people. Because that is where it is fulfilled, and that is where it contributes, and that is where the greatest hopes of Christ are fulfilled in us. And in saying that, I believe we have to understand that the fact that, 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 that God sees us as a people, it should change the way we view and do life. Because it elevates the value of relationship. And it takes us out of the center. So if, if I'm a part of a family... And I understand that my, my higher value and duty is to those around me and not just to myself. It really transforms how I relate to the people around me because it doesn't give control to the things that have the power to jeopardize the nature of the relationships around me. Things like disagreements and differences of opinion. They don't reign supreme. Relationship reigns supreme. And I, I, I got to give credit where credit is due because, you know, this was a, a conversation I had with Fred Scott about five years ago, and, and I've used it. And, uh, and in fact, you know, last year our leadership team kind of created a conflict resolution policy, and I put it in there because it was so good. Here's how we relate to one another and how we, how we, um, we raise the value of relationship amongst the way that we 
we, we, we have relationship, and it's this. If there's disagreement or if there's differences of opinion, this should be our prayer. Lord, if they're right, show me. Lord, if I'm right, show them. And Lord, if we're both wrong, show both of us. You see the heart behind that? It says, you know what, I, I, I love truth enough that I'm going to pursue it and I'm not going to lose my brother or my sister in that pursuit. It's the value of, of, of community and, and, and relationship. And, and, and Joshua reminds us of this as he calls this sacred assembly to renew covenant. And, and I, I just pray that that value multiplies amongst us. In fact, you know, I wrote down in my notes for this service that we have had some people that have demonstrated that significantly because there were a number of people that as we were laying out this three-service plan said, I know that 10 a.m. is going to be the highest priority for many, and I'm going to go to another service so they can. And I think that illustrates just really well. Now, that is not a knock on you for choosing 10 o'clock. I'm glad you're here. And I know that this is the service that only works for some folks, and, and we're working to to achieve that and facilitate that. But know this, some of your brothers and sisters loved you enough to take another option because they could. I think that is where we are called to be. Sacrifice, esteeming love and relationship. And before I get to the real point that I want to hit, I'll, I'll go ahead and just real quickly hit the second point because not only does there come a time to gather together as God's people, but there comes a time to share our story. You see that in verses 2 and 3 here. It's really Joshua retelling the nation their story. You know, Abram was called out, and he became the, the father of our people. And God made a promise to him, and God was faithful to that promise even during the Exodus. And that promise has remained true in our lives all the way up to this day. That's what Joshua is reminding the people. And I, um, I kind of struggled with the obviousness of this point. Let me just be frank with you. Because I, I know that we all recognize the value of sharing our story. That's probably not something that we we struggle with, whether it be your personal salvation story, whether it be the story of this congregation and how God has been faithful to us over the decades. But I'm going to take a moment just to, to, to remind you of some of these things, and then I'm going to tell you why we need to remember them, because I think that is really the key to it all. It's not just about retelling the same old story, but it's about what that story prepares us for. We all have a salvation story, but this congregation has a significant story in how God has watched over us and built us through the decades. You know, if, if you don't know our story, we officially became Rock Church in 1946. You know, but before that, we were kind of a nomadic people. 
you know, the oral history is this. You know, three or four guys moved to Rockford from Sweden. They had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit there. They couldn't find a place to go, and they just kind of made a church. And, and it may have started in a home. We know for certain it was in storefronts, and they would kind of outgrow a place, and then they would have to look for another place. And this was just kind of their pattern for a period of time until they built their first building on 11th Street in Wills, which still exists at Souls Harbor's church today. So if you drive by there and you see Souls Harbor, that's the, that's the first building Rock Church built, and it's next to the bait shop, all right? So if you see an advertisement for worms and minnows, you're close. <laughs> I'll make you fishers of men, maybe, huh, right? So come on. You know, I think God in heaven has a sense of humor sometimes, doesn't he? Yeah. And... Uh, I have uh, some documents that I inherited from Pastor Sprecher, and he inherited from uh, the, the, the men before him, and it sits in my office, and I've got this handwritten uh, board minutes that are in English, thankfully, that's in the period of time where they are looking to build the building on 11th and Wills, and they're looking for a pastor. And I periodically pull that out because it not only reminds me of my heritage, but it reminds me of the faithfulness of God because here was their story. They're raising funds and working through a building and the church is doing well. You know, but um, they seem to struggle a little bit to find a pastor because you'll read in there and they'll be like, okay, we, we had this guy come in and we liked him and, uh, and we extended a call but he, had, he literally just uh, received a call from another place, and he's going there. You know, and then at one point, they hire um, uh, a lady out of Madison to kind of come down and run Sunday school and VBS over the summer and so on and so forth. And, and you just see these, the, the heart of the church was filled with hope and expectation because they, 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 God was birthing something. And, and they were endeavoring to, to fulfill what that moment required, but it didn't always go the way they planned. But every time things turned out that way, the minutes conclude the same way. They prayed, and they stood in, in trust, and they called on the faithfulness of God. And I'm so grateful to be a part of a place that has that kind of a history. You know, um, you know and then they moved here, and, and that's another whole story in and of itself that, that, that I won't get into. And... Uh, and um, Pastor Brown leaves, Pastor Sprecher comes, and, and we just see God's faithfulness because we went from, you know, two acres on Carmen Drive, you know, to the facilities that we're blessed with now and, uh, and the ability to do way more for the kingdom, and that is God's grace upon us. So that's our story. That's our sacred story. We need to know it. We need to, we need to hear it. We need to be familiar with it. But why is it important? It's not just to tell another story. Because you can do that by a campfire, and you can talk about a whole lot of other things. But why do the people of God need to come together to recount what God has done? Well, there's a, there's a couple of things that came to mind as I just said, Lord, give me something beyond the obvious. And one was, you know, our story, our story is a source of hope and confidence in new seasons. New seasons. You know, whether we want it or not, we're in a new season. 
you know, as, 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 as a church, as a nation, as a culture. They're, you know, things are changing rapidly. And uh, what does a new season do? It puts new assignments in front of you. And uh, over the course of the last couple of months, you know, I found assignments in front of me that I never had to even dream about or think about in the past. Not only just in relation to shepherding, you know, the church, but, you know, within our community. You know, I kind of found myself outside my circle. And saying, you know, Lord, what am I going to tell the mayor? What am I going to tell the congressman? What am I going to tell the county board president and board member? What am I going to tell the county sheriff? Lord, how in the world is this going to work and play out? And kind of in those moments, I just felt the Lord impress on my heart. You know what? When you stand before kings, don't worry about what you are going to say because I will give you the words. That's where I lived. And I held on to that. And then I held on to another chapter in our story that I didn't mention to you. You know, about seven or eight years ago, there was an event that happened in our city that, 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 that could have um, really led to some devastating things. There was a police shooting, a young man died, and the city was a tinderbox. And we didn't, if you were watching the news, you didn't know the kind of the full scope of what could potentially happen. But things were precarious in that moment. And um, I had to remind myself of the sacred story because I was holding on to the promise of God and I was holding on to his faithfulness in the life of our shepherd in that moment. Because in that moment, Pastor Sprecher widened his circle and was engaged in conversations with the police and the state's attorney and people from the federal level to work out solutions that would guard the city and not cause it to spiral into chaos. I said, you know what, Lord, you've been faithful in the past every time. And you're going to be faithful again in this moment. So as Joshua calls the people to covenant renewal and he reminds them of their sacred story, he's not doing it just to tell a tale, but rather he's doing it to remind them of why they can have hope and confidence in the future. So I hope that as we look at that, that's what's generated within you. We can hold on to God because He's faithful. We can walk through challenges that, that we may not understand and we can do it in confidence. So this covenant renewal moment in, in Joshua's life reminds us that we are a people it reminds us that we have a sacred story, but then it also reminds us that there comes a time when we need to be challenged. That's verse 14. Let me read it to you here. 
This is Joshua speaking to the people. It says, Now therefore, fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river in Egypt. And then there's a period and a very short sentence with an exclamation mark at the end. And he concludes the thought by saying, Serve the Lord. You see these moments when we have gone you know, through um, very uh, difficult times and we are assembled as a people before the Lord to renew covenant before Him. We are in those moments reminded that there are times when we need to examine ourselves and we need to challenge ourselves to conform to the covenant that God has given us in no other thing. There's always things that call out to us. There's always things that want our attention. There's always things that invite themselves into the process of our lives. And there always comes a time when God shines His light on those things and the purpose behind it is so we can abandon those things and cling to Him totally. And as Joshua is preparing the people for the next season. He's saying to them, look, I'm going to end the same way that I began. I'm going to usher you into the presence of God. I'm going to remind you of what He has done. And I'm going to remind you of the standard that He has called us to live to because we are His. So it begs the question within all of us, you know, what have we been trusting in and what have we been running to? Joshua called the people to turn to God. And if you struggle to answer those questions, what have I been trusting and what have I been running to? I, I just ask you to survey your life over the course of the last two or three months. Because the answer is directly connected to what have you been doing? To cope? What have you been doing to try to fill a void? What have you been doing to address the, the mental and the emotional and the spiritual challenges that have been in front of us? Because there are always things that were a part of our life on the other side of the river, and when we find ourselves weak and depleted and in need, they call out to us and they promise to fill our lives and they promise to satisfy us when the reality is they will always fall short and whatever they give us is but for a moment. But for a moment. And Joshua's saying, look, people, people of God, those things from the other side of the river, they always want to reinsert themselves. But I call you today to covenant, and I call you today to serve the Lord. I believe that we are in that kind of a moment. time to let go of some former things and to cling to God to a greater degree. And then I want you to, to see in verse 16 how the people responded to those words of Joshua because it indicates to us how our hearts should respond to verse 16. So the people answered and said, 
Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. In other words, they responded not in a defense that said, well, I'm, I've done that because of this, that, or the other, but rather they saw where they were through the same lens that God saw those circumstances, and they said, Lord, we are going to abandon those things so that we can follow you. And they made a vow. They made a vow that said, you know what, Lord, we are yours. We surrender all might be a way that we can kind of identify, you know, with, with their response. And as I conclude that thought, I want to, I want to define clearly how the Lord responds to us when we do that. Because, you know, I like to let the Lord speak for himself. Because, you know, my heart and my mind oftentimes can make assumption and run in a different direction. But I want you to know how God responds to us when we say, I'm going to serve you and I'm going to, I'm going to make a vow to do so. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. That's a promise from God to you. That when we respond in love, He loves us back. Now His love is unconditional. So He loves us even when we're far from Him, but there is a unique expression of love that is demonstrated in God's response to us when we are loving Him back. And this is what that proverb is revealing to us, and, and this is the essence of that promise. When you look at that word love in the Hebrew, it, 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 it gives us this promise of the Lord saying to us, I will fill the hearts of those who love me with my presence. In other words, here's the picture. We're unloading the garbage. We're getting rid of the stuff. We've invited some things from the other side of the river back into our lives, and then we have this time with God that shows us where we are at, and God says, I can help you do better. And we jettison that stuff. And as we make that space and we vow to diligently follow Him and to love Him, He fills that space with His presence. He doesn't leave a void. But He fills us with His love. It's His promise to you and to me. So that when we look at ourselves and we say, Lord, you know, I, I, I need to be in a different place. The Lord says, I'm right there with you. And I am going to help you and fill you with the things that will satisfy. And may He do that work in all of us today. Because in life, there always comes a time. A time to renew covenant, a time to prioritize relationship, a time to remember what God has done, and a time to be challenged so that we can serve Him more.
So I'll close with this. You say, how in the world did you get on that proverb from Joshua 24? Well, it was a part of a discovery process for me. Um, every pastor I've been talking to, I've been asking them all this question, what are you preaching on? You know, are you just jumping back into a sermon series that has already been started? You know, what is the Lord speaking to you? And, and I've just kind of felt an urgency in the day and saying that, you know what, this, this moment is a little bit different than other moments we have shared. And because of that, I've just been going back through the, the Old and the New Testament and looking at the story and the history of God's people. And here is what we know about it. It is filled with plague. It is filled with war. It is, it is filled with exile. It is filled with trial. It is filled with challenge. It is filled with times of walking close and times of wandering away. And there is this consistent response that God speaks to His people every time they turn to Him in those times. And it goes something like this. When you seek Me, you will find Me. And then Solomon in, in Proverbs says, yeah, when you, you seek Me, you will find Me and you will be filled with My presence when you open your heart to Me. And I said, you know what, Lord, thank you for that. You know, this is just another chapter being written in the history and the life of the church and God's people. And we need not fear. We need not be overcome by hopelessness. We need not be overwhelmed by all that we see going on around us because the Lord has always shepherded His people through these seasons. But through these seasons, he's always reminded us that we need to be together. That we need to remember the faithfulness of God's story. And that there's always a time when God challenges us. And I want to ask you this question. What time is it for you? Is it a time to be challenged? Is it a time to recount our story? Is it a time to be committed uh, to community and to not walk alone, whatever that might look like? What time is it for you? Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? Why don't we just end the same way that we started? just in prayer. <laughs> I mentioned to you that it just kind of feels like a day where the Lord is just really kind of wanting to do a, a work on the heart level and let Him do that work in you. If there's some stuff from the past that needs to be addressed, do not leave here today without doing that. If you need just a healthy dose of of, of God's story just begin to recount those things and just begin to tell yourself those stories again maybe it's a time for challenge Lord speak to us
you're in that place where you're just saying, I'm making it my vow to serve the Lord, you know, why don't you just kind of raise your hands as an act of surrender? It's also just an act of receiving. We receive one another by opening our arms. You know, just saying, Lord, I just want to receive what it is you have to give me today. Lord, I pray that you would fill us pray that you would help us. I pray that you get every obstacle out of the way. Lord, anything that we've picked up, Lord, on our journey these last couple of months that's outside of, of um, your will and plan, Lord, may we, may we quickly get rid of it. And we just say today, Lord, I, we, we choose as a people to serve you and to walk in covenant with you. We thank you for that. I just want to give opportunity. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I need, I need to, I need to establish that relationship with, with the Lord. We can't walk in covenant if we're not in relationship with him. And if you're here today and you would just say, you know what, I need to know Christ as my Lord and Savior you raise a hand we want to just pray a prayer that prayer will um, just establish that relationship and that desire you can know the forgiveness of your sin you can know the the life-giving work that only Christ can produce Lord, thank you for today, this time that we've shared together. And uh, Lord, it is so good to be gathered in your name. And Father, we, we just pray that uh, we would be a bright, shining light. We pray, Lord God, that um, we would see the opportunities that you place in front of us. And may the work that you do in us, Lord God, passed on to others who need the same thing. Lord, I pray that as we go, may we go in your grace and your peace. May you watch over us and keep us. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us on our podcast today. And we hope this has been a blessing in your life. We would love to have you join us for a service in person. Our service times are on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. God bless you.